welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of The Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist, hypnotherapist, and founder of The Mindful Clinic. I have a very special guest with me here today. I have another holistic practitioner. Her name is Ambriana, and she's going to tell us all about herself. But I really wanted to touch on how we ended up kind of crossing paths. So we've been in each other's network for a while, right? Ambriana had a baby, and your baby is how old now? She's 14 months old now. Crazy. And I just kind of slowly watched her journey as she was, you know, losing the weight, getting herself back. And now that I've had my baby, I'm having a really hard time with losing the baby weight. And so I actually reached out to Ambriana to be like, hey, how'd you do it? What's going on? And we got into this big discussion about hormones, which we're going to discuss in this podcast. So Ambriana, if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump in? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Ambriana Sharif. I am the owner of Ambriana Sharif Health. Like Jordana just said, I am a certified holistic health coach practitioner, and I specialize in nutrition education and helping my clients who are women of all lives and backgrounds to learn how to live their life in a more balanced way. So not just focusing on their physical health, but broadening their horizons and their mindset into incorporating healthy habits that can help them have like a healthy mental health, emotional well-being, kind of a whole body health and be able to live that long term. Yeah. And that's the goal, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a journey, yeah. but once you're on that journey and you like get gain those healthy habits that are personalized for you, it makes everything seem easy. It makes food choices, workout choices, your self-care choices and honoring yourself, it makes everything seem a lot easier when you're living your life almost in like harmony with yourself. Yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. And with my clients, like if you guys are listening, you'll know that that's so much of how the Mindful Clinic is rooted. It's about, you know, it's not about like, let's lose this weight to fit into that wedding dress or whatever. It's so much beyond that. It's how do we want to live forever and what's going to harmonize our like mood, our energy levels, all of it together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ambrian, do you mind telling us about your postpartum journey? Yes. Let's dive in. So postpartum was not an easy time for me, especially I want to say the first three to six months. So during my pregnancy, I gained 60 pounds, which like most women, you don't think you're going to gain as much weight as you do. So when I was done, I thought, you know what? I'm a holistic health coach. I'm not going to worry about the weight gain. I'm going to lose it within three months and I'm just going to snap back and be back to my original pre-pregnancy size. But that was not the case for me. I was breastfeeding my daughter. I was going on walks almost every day. And I actually ended up gaining weight in the first three months instead of losing it. So it was quite a defeat. It was a lot to kind of like mentally and emotionally accept. But then I said, you know what? Let me just sit down. Things aren't working the way I thought it was going to work. Let me see why. Why am I not losing the weight? What's actually going on with my body, with my mental state, my emotional state? And I decided at that point, talking to my family doctors, talking to the other health providers in my life, which for me, I I regularly see a chiropractor that specializes in pregnancies and postpartum and same with my massage therapist. I realized that let me focus on what I can control, which is how I'm mentally and emotionally doing first, and then work on the physical. Because for me, I didn't actually see any weight loss until after my menstrual cycle started again. And after I learned more about my hormones and started living in a way that would help my hormones regulate. Mm -hmm. And that's something I had no idea about. I did not realize how important hormones were to women's health and how it affects how we look physically, how it affects our mental and emotional state, because it was very hard. For me, I remember 
I was probably around three months postpartum. I thought I lost weight, but it was just the water retention wasn't as bad for me, I guess, that day, that week. And I remember going, like, putting on an outfit at home. I felt like I looked super cute. Went to the mall with my daughter just to walk around. And I remember seeing my reflection in, like, the, the mirror or the window. And I remember thinking, like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, that's a cute baby. And then I was like, wait, that's me. And that's my baby. This is what I look like. And it was like, like, I was just like, oh my goodness, like, what is happening? And that was like the mental and emotional side, just realizing that there's a lot of like body dysmorphia that I went through, a lot of feeling, the feeling of being defeated. And then once I said, you know what, let me just take a step back. Let me not focus on the number on the scale. Let me not focus on what I physically look like. And let me just focus on what I can't control. And what I can control is how I mother my, my child. So let me try to be the best mom I can be. Let me focus on feeding her, making sure she's growing up right, getting into a routine with her. Let me focus on showing myself love. So let me get back into my morning routine. Let me get back into like a really nice self-care routine that fits me. And so for me, that was getting back to like getting like nice smelling oils. Like I smell nice, like getting a routine of actually taking showers every day. Cause when you're a mom, like that is a struggle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Doing things that made me feel good, buying myself flowers, like getting back to journaling, like expressing how I feel. Once I got all those things, and then once my menstrual cycle started, that's when I was like, okay, now that I feel, I feel level, I feel good mentally and emotionally. Let me get back on track. Let me educate myself on my hormones. So I literally went on to Google, learned about all the women's hormones that happen in postpartum. I talked to my family doctor, talked to everyone that was in my circle of providers that help that were helping me about what's actually happening. I got a blood test done. So I knew where my levels were, even though I was still um, breastfeeding. I, I waited until my doctor said it was good to go because I had my menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. figured out where I was. And then I dove into seeing what foods I can eat that can help balance my hormones naturally, what body movement I can do that can help also balance my hormones and what other factors came into place. And so now I'm 14 months postpartum, I lost 50, 50 pounds out of the 60 and I'm super happy. Like all my hard work, I started seeing the success, but it, it's a journey and I'm still on this journey, but I'm just, I'm excited to be on the journey at this point. I'm just, I'm excited to not snap back, but I'm bouncing forward, which is a great feeling. Uh, I just resonated so much with everything you were saying. Like, I can't even tell you that reflection thing. I like the same, the exact same thing happened to me. I caught my reflection. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. You like, like I literally like goosebumps and I was like, it's like, like an out of body experience. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) That's me. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and it, so I just to share a little bit about my journey. I, when I had my son, my, my first baby, he's six now I had a C-section as well. This one was a C-section. And I, right after, like, I think in that first month I dropped like 30 pounds and I, I gained 80 with wow. him. Mm-hmm. A lot more, but the weight just like flew off, and and I, you know, it could just be that I was twenty, like twenty two, right? I was very young, mm-hmm. um, or it could be that I, you know, my hormones were a bit more balanced. But with this baby, I expected the exact same thing. I like came out of surgery. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's get my body yeah, back. Let, yeah, let's and, jump into it. Exactly, and you know, and like every day, I, I would step on the scale and just see the number go up and up and up, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like. I have a great relationship with food. I'm exercising every single day. And like, so I'm like, oh, do I push myself harder? So I try that and like still weight keeps going up. And so there is, it's very obvious there's a hormonal imbalance here. And I'm so excited. I'm so inspired by your journey to like wait it out and see how things regulate. But so when you got that first blood test, like what did you see that like let you know that things were off balance? So what I particularly was looking at was estrogen levels. I want to make sure that how my body was using glucose and my insulin response was okay. I also just did like a nutritional panel. So I made sure that my iron was good. Oh, I can't remember everything I put on the test. Asked my doctor to test for me. Testosterone was another one that was important. Progesterone, looking at those things, just see like where they were. And also when you're doing these tests, you have to go at a certain time in your, in your cycle. 
So for me, because I was still breastfeeding, I went during ovulation. Okay. So I had to go in the first half just to kind of see where things were Mm -hmm. at that point. So I like for me, estrogen was a little bit on the higher side, but it wasn't too high where I was going into estrogen dominance, which that's a whole nother thing in itself. Yeah. But what that told me was that I was on the right track. I had to keep going and I had to make sure that in my second phase, that progesterone was actually rising correctly. Because progesterone, which I did not know until I started educating myself on what these hormones even did, it helps regulate our cycle. So without progesterone rising in its, not too much, but rising how it should be, we go more into like an estrogen dominance. And when estrogen is high, estrogen influences how our body uses and it influences it into almost like just storing it instead of using it as energy, which estrogen can do, that's when we end up not losing weight. That's when we end up gaining weight. So that was like one thing that, okay, you know what? How can I support progesterone? How can I make sure estrogen is actually detoxifying? And that's another huge thing. Those are two big hormones that really help regulate our cycle. And as women, our cycle, our our monthly cycle is really like our first body clock. That is one of the most important, I believe it's called the infertium uh, rhythm, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But that is so important for us as women is to make sure that one, we even know what that is and what our four phases are, particularly to us. And then also to see what's supposed to be rising, what's supposed to be falling. Oh, if estrogen falls like this, we're going to feel like this. If estrogen doesn't fall, So going into estrogen dominance, if we have high estrogen, that's when we can experience things like weight gain. That's when we can experience things like PMS symptoms. That's when we can experience things like painful cramps during our period, stuff like that. So those are all indicators of estrogen dominance. So for me, when I got that lab result back and I was like, okay, how am I going to support my hormones? Let me see what foods can help support my hormones. That way they correctly rise and fall as they should. Because if my hormones are rising and falling, they're doing their natural fluctuations during the month, that means that my body will start regulating and I'll start losing the weight. So what I did is I made sure that my body was properly detoxifying. Because the more I read, I feel like that is a huge thing. Because our bodies are producing hormones. Regardless of what's happening, it's producing hormones whether it's producing too much or too little, it needs a way to discard the hormones. Because in a lot of cases, a lot of women are producing too much estrogen. Mm -hmm. So one thing to help is to make sure I'm eating a balanced diet that includes fiber. How do you know, like, what are some things that we can do to help the body detox? And how do you know that you're not detoxing properly? So love this question. So I'm going to answer first. How do you know that your body's not detoxing is, how often do you poop? (laughs) How often do you sweat? Yeah. So my entire pregnancy, I probably went to the bathroom like a handful of times in the whole nine months. Like I did not go at all. There were like weeks, like two weeks at a time, nothing. I would like go to the doctor and be like, listen, I need, because you can't take laxatives, right? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. And so she's like, well, I'll take Metamucil. I'm like, I fucking am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Nothing. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. But that is a great question to ask. I know that that happens to a lot of women, but like, that's one That's one way you can check yourself is if your body's detoxing is how regular are your bowel movements? Are you pooping daily? If you, the answer is no, then that means your body is not doing a great job at removing waste and toxins. Yeah. What When we're using the bathroom, when we're sweating, when we're allowing our body to properly circulate, so going to like the lymphatic system and like everything like that, our body not only releases un, like food that we can't digest, we also let go of a buildup of bad bacteria, some good bacteria that live in our gut, hormones. Our liver detoxifies hormones, especially when we have a lot of estrogen, and it needs to be able to put that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if we're not regularly going to the bathroom, if we have a hard time sweating when we are working out, stuff like that, then that can tell us that instead of the extra hormones being discarded, it's being stored as fat in our body. And that could be one number one 
little like alarm bell ringing to the reason why we're not losing weight. Yeah. And so then how can like, what are some things that we can do to make sure that we're, we're detoxing? Like, I know going, so going to the bathroom regularly, sweating, like what, what would mm-hmm. you do for that? So for going to the bathroom regularly, I found that having a, like a high fiber, high fat breakfast was like the key. So even in my pregnancy, because I was really scared that I would be constipated during my pregnancy because I that was like one of the most common things that happened to many pregnant women. So I became obsessed, like literally still to this day obsessed with having morning oats. Like okay. I would make this beautiful, like if you see my Instagram, you will oh, see the yeah. morning oats pop up every now and again. <laughs> and I'll put oats, which are an amazing complex carbohydrate full of really good dietary fiber, I would add some kefir in there. You can have it with dairy or dairy-free. Kefir is a probiotic. It contains bacterial cultures and your gut needs bacterial cultures, good bacteria in order to help keep things moving along. I would include berries and all this good stuff in there. But having that fiber in the morning, something that's easily digestible in the morning, kind of sets your day up for good digestion. Mm-hmm. Next would be staying hydrated. Yeah. We can eat as healthy, good food all day long, but if we're not drinking enough water, and it doesn't have to be just water, it can be herbal teas, it can be sparkling water, it can be coconut water, it can be like electrolyte drinks, stuff like that, any type of like liquid that's hydrating. If you're not having enough each day, things aren't going to move. You're Intestines actually use a lot of water just to keep things moving along. I can't remember the specific number, but it needs water in order to move things. Without the water, things will not move. So those are two things to kind of help keep yourself regular is the fiber and the hydration. And to keep yourself sweating, one huge thing is to make sure that your lymphatic system is actually working because that's what's going to be helping you sweat, right? So anyone who, let's say you go to the gym, you're running on the treadmill or you're doing some type of HIIT or strength training. If you found in that whole, let's say you worked out for 30 minutes, you did not break one sweat, that should almost be like a little alarm in your head that, okay, lymphatic system is not circulating correctly. And Mm -hmm. a great way, one of my favorite ways to get the lymphatic system moving is dry brushing. You can literally pick one up. You can go on Amazon, search up dry brush. You can literally go to any health food store. I think even like Walmart and Superstore even has them now. It literally just brushes with like bristles long and you basically just slowly massage your, in circular motions, massage your like arms, your legs, your body, just because the lymphatic system is literally just below our skin. Mm -hmm. So just to massage that, get things moving, get things circulating, that will help allow your body to sweat, to move different toxins, hormones, things that need to come out and to detox, it moves it out. And that allows your system to work efficiently because we need our detox pathways all to be running efficiently in order for us to just to maintain homeostasis to be well. Yeah. I am. I have an infrared sauna that I like, I'm obsessed with and I couldn't use it the whole time I was pregnant and then I just stopped breastfeeding. So I couldn't use it while I was breastfeeding either. And so I got in the infrared sauna like really recently and normally like 40 minutes in there and I'm like fucking drenched. Like, and I literally like barely broke a sweat and I was like, okay, (laughs) something's not right here. And I remember a client that I had that we did, she was having problems with fertility. So we did a detox because also too, in my practice, like, you know, for sure hormone, I might not know the specifics about the hormones, but I know if you have a hormonal imbalance, we got to work on the detox pathways. Yeah. And we did a four-month detox, and it wasn't until month four that she actually started to see sweat come off. So this is a really, really good tool, guys, for all of you guys listening. Like sweat is so important, and it gives you really good insight into like how your body is like circulating toxins. And if you're holding on to things, if you have an increased amount of cellulite, you'll see that like that's usually related to limb system sluggishness. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, stagnant. That's a perfect word for it. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you. So you get your blood results. You're like, I got to focus on detox. What else are you doing at this point? I am at this point, I decided to stop looking at the scale because whenever I did look at the scale, 
I just knew my emotions were all over the place. I knew my mental health was all over the place. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to ditch the scale and I'm going to wait at least one month before I even step on it. Yeah. I just want to see if what I'm doing is working. So I was eating, making sure I'm eating balanced meals. And then I started incorporating movement that I thoroughly enjoyed. So not working out to lose weight. Because sometimes I feel like we get very stuck on that in order, like we are going to the gym, we are working out to lose weight. Yeah. I changed that narrative in my head to I am working out because I want to feel good. Yeah. Because when you work out, you also release feel-good hormones. And I wanted those feel-good hormones. I knew those hormones were going to make me feel good. If I feel good, I'm going to look good. Yeah. So I did, I started doing every morning with my daughter, I would do yoga with her. So whether we can do five minutes together, whether we can do 10 minutes or whether for some strange magical reason, we can do an actual 20 minute workout, whatever I got with her, I would do. So while I, I put on like YouTube, whether I just make up my own yoga flow, just stretching, because I knew if I could get circulation moving in my body, that's like something amazing that I should be proud of for that day. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't go on a walk, if I couldn't dance, dance is another enjoyable form of movement that I like doing. If I couldn't get those things done because the day was just hectic, crazy as a normal mom day is, at least I got to stretch and enjoy that time with my daughter. So mm -hmm. I started doing that. And then I started also, this is a part of my routine with her in the morning. We do one hour dance party. So whether, whether we're actually dancing the whole time, whether or not she's running around or she wants me to read her books. But as long as I'm moving, I'm dancing, maybe I'll throw in a couple strength training activities. I keep resistance band in her room that I can quickly throw it on, do something, mm -hmm. some kind of movement, enjoy myself, have a great time with her, feel good. And that's my movement. As long as I can do that every day, I'm happy. And I kept that up for the first month, did not look at the scale. And when I did look at the scale, I lost, I think it was five or 10 pounds I lost nice. from eating good. And remember, this is when my, I had, I was back on my menstrual cycle, but when it first came, it was 40, 44 days, the cycle. Mm -hmm. And then now it's regular. It takes a couple of cycles before it regulates itself. I was eating high fiber breakfast, high fat breakfast, making sure all my other meals the rest of the day were balanced. I was drinking a lot of water. So for me personally, I found a good balance. If I could aim to drink three liters of water, of just water by itself. And the rest of the day, I can have whatever I want, whether it's tea, whether it's that beautiful glass of wine at the end of the day, whatever I decide it was going to be, we're good. And then enjoyable movement. Those are like the things that I found really, really, really helped me out when I was going through my postpartum journey. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so tricky with hormones because I find that the more you like resist what's going on, the more you like fight it, the worse it gets. And so it sounds like you just found a really good flow of like acceptance, letting go and like really just doing what feels good in that moment. And for, if you guys have been listening for a while to my podcast, you know that like, I'm not about like these like really intensified strength. Like I just, I think that like, if you're not going to enjoy it, don't bother doing it because it's not going to be sustainable. And uh, this is just a perfect example of how like you actually don't need to kill yourself. Like you just need to find that balance within yourself. And when you start to feel good, like your body's going to look good too. Like your body wants yeah. to be healthy, right? And so the more we fight it, the harder it gets to actually attain it. So I love that story. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about these specific hormones and how like a regular cycle should be fluctuating during the month. So do you mind telling us a little bit about like what should be high, what should be low, what to look out for? Yes. So one of the best resources for me to learn these things was reading a couple books. A great book that I read, which just like really educated me and made everything very clear about my hormones in the cycle was the book In the Flow by Elisa Vitti, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. It talked about four distinct phases of our cycle. So we have our menstrual cycle, which for Western medicine, that is phase one. There is our follicular phase, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then we have ovulation, and then we have our luteal. And then after luteal, it's back to menstruation. So our menstruation phase is we all that's when we get our period. That's when if you know if 
you pay attention, you kind of just notice how you feel. Like you just pause, ask yourself how you're feeling. That is usually at least the first two, three days of your period, you are at the lowest of your energy. Mm-hmm. And that is because all your hormones have dropped. They've all dropped in order for you to get your period. Now, as you're finishing up your period, estrogen begins to rise. That's when you're starting to feel more energetic. You start feeling more creative. In the book, in the flow, they describe it as your follicular phase is your time of creativity, time of new beginnings. This is when you want to sit down and plan things out. This is when estrogen is starting to rise and it hits its peak around ovulation time. So this is when for me, from everything that I was reading, I was like, if estrogen is rising, if estrogen gets too high and it's not detoxifying, that means I'm going to have PMS problems. That means I'm going to have trouble losing the weight because I am trying to lose weight and gain muscle. So what I did is that first half of my cycle, I focused on making sure that my body was able to detoxify. So I focused on how I can help support the liver. And one great vegetable that's really good is broccoli. Any type of cruciferous vegetables contains DIM, which is a photonutrient that is really good with detoxifying estrogen. So I know there's supplements that you can take for it, but for me, because for me, food is medicine for me. I was like, if I can't do this with eating food, then I'll go for the supplements. So I ate a lot of broccoli, a lot of kale, a lot of spinach during the first half to one, replenish iron stores from after the menstrual cycle, but to also make sure I'm detoxifying. I focused on doing a lot of workouts, making sure my circulation is, is, is going well. So this is when I'm reminding myself to dry brush when I can, to make sure I'm stretching, to make sure I'm having regular bowel movements. And if I'm not, the first half of my cycle is the time to make sure to heal my gut, to make sure things are moving well, to have my probiotics, to have make sure I'm having all that dietary fiber or prebiotic. Give my gut, give my liver all the support it needs to make sure it's able to detoxify estrogen so it doesn't get too high. Then the second half of the phase of your menstrual cycle, sorry, which will be in the luteal phase, which is roughly about two weeks, that's when you want to make sure that progesterone is rising because we need that to rise as well, just to make sure everything is balanced because it needs to balance out estrogen. So I know having a lot of magnesium is really good. Having a lot of vitamin C is really good at this point. And also a lot of healthy fats, healthy fats in general throughout your entire cycle. But during that second half, those last two weeks before your period, you want to make sure you're having magnesium rich foods, which for me, my favorite easy way to get magnesium is is with dark chocolate and with pumpkin seeds. So the pumpkin seeds and dark chocolate are like my favorite way of getting magnesium in. So I add pumpkin seeds to my oatmeal. I'll add pumpkin seeds to a salad from having a salad or to my dinner, whatever I'm having. I'll have dark chocolate as my dessert in the evenings. I'm not a big dessert person, but during those last two weeks, I noticed I do crave sugar. So instead of me going for, let's say, a slice of cake or a cookie... I'll have the actual dark chocolate squares or there's a lot of like cacao, which is like the most unprocessed form of chocolate. I have like a powder so I can just sprinkle that and put it on like a smoothie or whatever I'm having as a dessert. That way I'm getting some magnesium in. And then I also take a magnesium supplement before bed if I had a crazy day and I didn't get any magnesium rich foods in that day. Mm. Just out of curiosity, just for people listening and also for me. So like, let's say we decide we're okay. So if we're in that phase, we're like, we want to focus on foods that are going to increase magnesium. Are we talking like every meal or is like a handful of pumpkin seeds enough in one day? To be honest, I'm not a very big person on measuring everything. Yeah. So for me, I say as long as you can get a handful of, especially pumpkin seeds, because they're small, a handful of pumpkin seeds, if you can have that throughout the day, amazing. You did a job. You did a great job. But to make sure I'm getting enough magnesium, because I know there is a certain amount of magnesium that would be very beneficial, I have a supplement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say like, don't overdo it. Everything needs to be in balance just because pumpkin seeds also contain iron and potassium and all these other great nutrients in them. I would say have a handful. If you want to maybe measure out like 
half a cup or a cup of pumpkin seeds and you just snack on it throughout the day or you add it to this meal, add to that meal, you're solid. If you want to have a few squares of dark chocolate, you're good to go. Perfect. Yeah. So then going back to the phases, so we're in the, the, the second half, we're increasing magnesium, then what? And then after your luteal phase, your period comes, menstrual phase. And then we start this process all over again. So after the luteal phase, and if you're, if you start to really ask yourself every day, like how you're feeling, how your energy levels, you will notice that right before you get your period, you're going to feel sluggish. You're going to feel a little slower. You want to wind down. You you crave rest. You want to go to bed earlier. You want to stay in bed when you wake up. And that's a time when you honor it. Because during the luteal phase, the second week of the luteal phase is when all hormones start to drop. So when they all start to drop, that's when you, it's almost like you want to almost like protect yourself. You don't want to be as social. You're not going to be as excited to get work done. You kind of just want to wrap everything up. That way during your menstrual phase, you focus on self-care. You focus on things that can make you feel good, things that can replenish your energy, things that can, you know, like keep you warm. So during my menstrual phase or just before, I always make for myself, you can again, see this on my Instagram all the time. I make like a nice curry stew with turmeric and all the curry spices are very warming, very anti-inflammatory as well, just to help if I having any cramps or anything like that. I add curry chicken, sometimes chickpeas or lentils. I'll have brown rice or quinoa because it's a good time during your luteal and menstrual phase is when your body is the most like carbohydrate sensitive. It's insulin sensitive at that time. Mm -hmm. So if you can try to have things that are gluten-free, try to have more complex carbs over simple carbs, just to Mm kind of help your body and like your energy levels. And you don't want to have too many sugar spikes. You want to keep your insulin and glucose levels all at, you know, at a balanced level, nothing too high or going too crazy. And then just during my menstrual phase is just eating really good food. The comfort food is usually what I make during that time. So my background is Jamaican, West Indian. So I have like, that's when I'm prepping jerk chicken. I'm prepping curry chicken. I'm prepping more plant-based meals because I love eating plant-based. Things like that. I plan a lot of like feel good things. So if I don't want to, you know, like run all these errands in one day, I'll take that time for myself and maybe do more walking with my daughter, more yoga flow, or maybe I'll just stay off electronics for a couple of days and just focus on the here and now. And I find that doing those things and kind of honoring what my body needs during the different phases of my cycle, I found has really been a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. It has really helped me feel like I'm honoring myself. It helps me feel at peace. And then it helps me feel ready when I'm entering the next phase. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I have more energy and I feel more productive when I do so. Yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like in my practice and then even with myself sometimes, like, you know, there are moments where, you know, we have down days and up days. And I always talk about this, like not every day, some days are good, some days are bad, but I feel like you have such a really healthy outlook on, on being able to like take that downtime and like really nourish yourself, whether it's with like favorite meals or whatever. But I think it's, it's really interesting because so many people get so caught up and like, what is this going to mean? Am I going to gain the weight back? Like, and this like negative narrative comes back around just like really taking that time to rest and like nourish yourself and have things that might be a little bit more highly caloric or might be, you're not killing yourself at the gym at that time. And I think that like, this is the key to success, right? It's like, if you can just like let go and like not freak out about like, what does this mean? Or how is this affecting the future? And just allow yourself to like be in that space. Then it's exactly like you said, then you have the energy like coming out of it to like actually go and utilize the energy when you have it. But it's just such a beautiful perspective that you have on this. It's like, it's amazing. Thank you. Honestly, this was a journey for me to get to this place. Like all (laughs) things, I was, when I first started like seriously taking my health, like seriously, was maybe about five years ago before the pandemic. And I was 100% a gym rat. I was into bulking. I was into eating as much protein as I can. I was at the gym for like me and my husband would go to the same gym and we would literally be there for like three hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in dental as a treatment coordinator at a dental office, dental specialty. So my I would work a 10-hour day at the dental office and then go to the gym for two hours. And if I miss the gym, I would like beat myself over it, being like, I'm not going to lose the weight. I'm not going to gain that muscle. I'm not going to hit my goals for the month. Like I have to be at the gym. I have to keep eating. I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. And I just saw how much stress that was causing me, how sick I felt eating so much food just because I that was the meal plan that I saw everyone else who was gaining the muscle was doing. So I want to look like them. I'm going to eat just like them. I'm going to do exactly what they're doing at the gym so I can get the same results. Mm. And it wasn't working because everyone's an individual. Yeah. After I went to become a health coach, I went to school at the Institute of Integrative, of Integrative Nutrition. Mm. And one of their key concepts is bioindividuality. So mm. What works for one person to be healthy and thriving and amazing is not going to work for everyone. Yeah. It's not Health is not cookie cutter. We copy and paste and it's like magic and it works, right? Mm-hmm. So once I went through that school and I applied everything that you would apply or what I do apply to my clients, I did to myself first while I was in school. And when I saw that when I actually slow down and look at, okay, for me specifically, for my body, for my mind, for my lifestyle, does this work? Yes or no? No, I, I hate going to the gym after working a 10-hour day. Okay, scratch it. We're not going to the gym after working a 10-hour day. We're going to do something else instead. Do I enjoy eating tons and tons of protein? No, I actually prefer eating only plant-based protein. Okay. And you keep modifying, modifying. You see what works, trial and error. You figure it out. And after doing that for, I want to say for a year, I found my happy balance where I was able to honor myself and do self-care, find workouts that work for me, which surprisingly, as much as I love the gym and I love lifting weights and I thought that was the key to health, my favorite way to move my body is yoga and walking. Mm-hmm. That's when I was able to reach my goals is through doing those things and not spending two hours at the gym four times a week. For some people it works, for some people it doesn't. And after going through that journey and realizing, okay, we are all individuals. I have to find what works for me and what's comfortable for my lifestyle. I have to be realistic with my goals. I have to be realistic with my expectations. And once I accepted that and kind of let go of all the other beliefs and what I thought being healthy looked like in society and just focused on me and what makes me happy, that's when I saw the results. And that's what I bring to all my clients. Like, <laughs> The comment that I get a lot is, you're so relaxed. Oh, everything seems so easy. That's the only suggestion you have for me. And I'm like, yeah, like just take it one day at a time, one step at a time. And once you, once you do all the baby steps, you take each step you feel good as you're doing it. You feel good as you're climbing those stairs. And next thing you know, you're going to be at your destination and you're going to be excited and happy because you're not sweating. You're not exhausted. You're not feeling like you're running on empty just to get to your destination. You're going to feel good that you're there and you're going to be able to actually enjoy the destination. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of being able to do that is really zooming out and like looking at the bigger picture. It's not like lose 20 Mm -hmm. pounds in 20 days. It's like, how do I want to live my life really? And it is, it's so, I work slowly with my clients too. It's so important and it's so much better. And you have such a relaxed demeanor, which gets me into my next question. You kind of touched on this. And so I just was wondering if you know more of the back end on like maybe how it's affecting the hormones, but like how does stress come into play when it comes to hormonal imbalances? Okay. So this is a big one because the stress, I guess like hormone or chemical in our body is cortisol. And a lot of people just think that cortisol's main thing is just to put our body into fight or flight response but it actually does a lot more. It actually plays a role in how glucose is used because in order for us to be alert and to be in fight or flight, cortisol spikes up to use more glucose to expend more energy so we can have all the alertness and to be in that state, right? So when you have high stress, and when I say stress, I'm not talking about stressful events. I'm just talking about in your day-to-day, if you always feel like you are running, running, I'm going, going, going. 
that also affects your cortisol levels. So when your cortisol levels are just all day high, that impacts how your body uses glucose, which then impacts how well your cells are going to respond to insulin. And so insulin is our hormone or chemical that basically helps move glucose through our bloodstream into each cell and kind of talks to the cells and tells them kind of when to use it, when not to use it, stuff like that. So if insulin, if our cells aren't listening to insulin because cortisol is so high, that means our body's going to be making more insulin. And that's when we come into blood sugar problems, which is a huge topic that we can literally talk about for hours. Because as women, I think that is very important for us to be aware of blood sugar and insulin response and all this very interesting information. But when it comes to stress, it really impacts how we our body uses insulin. It really impacts how well our body is able to properly digest and use carbohydrates that we need. We need carbohydrates in order to maintain proper bodily functions. So that's why a big thing with me is talking about just, you know, like instead of feeling like we have to be go, 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 which especially now as a mom, I realize that my my whole day is go, go, go. Yeah. It's finding little moments in your day to just like just breathe, like just mm-hmm. chill out for a second, zoom out, like you were saying, like zoom out, look at everything around you, take a deep breath. Okay, let's refocus and prioritize what has to be done right now. Get that done. What can be done later or tomorrow? And just taking that time to just lower your stress level, lower that anxiety, lower that overwhelmed feeling, you're able to then put your nervous system into the rest and digest. And in order for us to be well, we need to be able to rest and to properly digest. Our organs, our cells all want us to maintain and to stay in rest and digest until we really need to be in fight or flight, right? So deep breathing is one of my favorite ways of kind of like just chilling myself out and to kind of like ground myself. I, I deal with anxiety. So for me, I can realize, okay, I'm not even breathing right now. I've been running around all day. <laughs> I My shoulders are literally up to my ears. I need to just unclench my jaw. I need to put my shoulders back and I need to like just put a timer on my phone for one minute and just breathe, like deep belly breathes. I want to see my belly move back and forth. I want to make sure I'm giving my body oxygen and I'm just resetting myself. Once I feel like I'm reset, zoom out and kind of see, okay, what has to be done right now? What can be done later or tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Once I figure that out, okay, let's get back on the horse. Let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. And yeah, as soon as you were like the whole, this whole conversation, I'm like putting my shoulders down <laughs> because like, I'm like this all day long, my, sh- like, my, shoulders <laughs> my, ears, my jaws clench and it is just so much of go, go, go. And cortisol plays such an, like, I, I mean, more so than, you know, even blood sugar control, which I never talk about in my podcast. So thank you so much for bringing up, but cortisol is also going to affect like the way that your body stores fat. It like, if you're in fight or flight, mm-hmm. it's like, we got to store everything because we want to save it for later. We're in danger, right? Digestion stops, all this stuff. So thanks for touching on that. And then another question that I had, which I think will help my listeners a lot. You mentioned, you know, having that glass of wine at the end of the day. So <laughs> where, where, how does alcohol play a role in our hormone regulation? And like, what would you suggest as a healthy amount? Okay, so alcohol is a big, for everyone, I feel like it is a go-to to feel relaxed to some people use it to help them sleep. It is it helps some to be social, etc. But when I was looking into hormones and looking into how I was using alcohol, alcohol causes a lot of stress on your liver. And we need our liver to help us detoxify our hormones and to just to help our body digest things correctly. The liver plays a huge role. It's a, m- a huge multitasking organ. So Overuse of alcohol slows the liver down, it overwhelms the liver, and it does not help regulate hormones. It actually will completely cause them to go out of whack. So 
unfortunately, because <laughs> I do enjoy my glass of wine in the evenings. One big thing for me during my postpartum journey was to actually accept that, you know what, this glass of wine that I depend on to make me feel relaxed is actually not helping me. So a good amount of any type of alcohol, especially for women, is to pretty much only have alcohol, maybe a glass or two of whatever is your preferred beverage a couple times a week, not every day. And especially when we are in our ovulation phase, Mm. there's a lot of things happening in our body. It's best, it is wise to avoid alcohol consumption during this phase because during that ovulation phase, we want our liver to be focused on properly detoxifying our hormones, especially estrogen. That way we can have the rest of our menstrual cycle. We can be good. Things are on balance. Things are running smoothly. But then when we throw in alcohol or even just a lot of junk food, anything that takes a little bit longer for our bodies to digest, it's not a good idea. So just to kind of limit our alcohol intake. Yeah. Moderation. Moderation is key. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for that. I feel like I have some clients that are like full-blown alcoholics and I have clients that like don't really drink at all, but I, most of them are like somewhere in between. And I think that it's funny because I used to be an alcoholic, right? So as among other addictions to substances, but now like I would never just have a glass of wine. Like, I mean, if you're going out for dinner in a fancy place, like maybe, but I'm so focused on like is it even really worth it? Like, would I rather have like a nice piece of cake? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm either drinking to get like pretty drunk, like it's like my birthday or Christmas or whatever, yeah. <laughs> or I'm like not even engaging at all. But I do have a lot of clients where they have like that glass of red wine at the end of the night. And it is a really important conversation to understand like exactly how, what that, what's that that's doing in your body. Because especially when we're making like very gradual, small changes with mindset, or behaviors like you're not going to see the scale jump like like go all the way down really really quickly right so when we're making these little micro changes if you're having like a glass if you're exposing yourself to something that's preventing your liver from working like every single day it's really just going to make it that much harder to see results right yeah 100% i always say if you're looking at any type of beverage you're going to be drinking any type of food and you can't pinpoint its origin so where exactly is that food from? What is in that food? What is in that drink? Yeah. You already know it's going to take your body a lot more time to identify what it is that you're eating or drinking and to properly digest it if it can. If it can't, it's going to store it as fat cells. It's going to it's not going to be able to process it. It's going to your body's you're going to overwork your body. So just like what you're saying, you you have to find that balance, that moderation, you have to really think, is this worth it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So as we're kind of coming to the end of our time here, for all my postpartum mamas out there, can you give us three, like your three top tips, your three best advice you could give us that they can start doing now? Yes. I would a hundred percent say number one is educate yourself. Knowledge is power the more information you know on how your body as a woman works, how your cycles work, and what is involved in making sure that everything is running efficiently and effectively, that's more power to you. You're able to self-advocate for yourself. You're able to heal yourself. You're able to do better for yourself and make more informed decisions. That is number one. Educate yourself. Number two would, would be find movement that you can do daily that you actually enjoy, that you can look forward to doing. And this movement doesn't have to be a solid 45-minute workout every single day. I'm talking about a 5-10 minute little dance party, a 5-10 minute little yoga flow, a little stretch you want to do, a little walk around the block. Find enjoyable movement because circulation and having those feel-good hormones floating around your body, doing their job, does so much good for you than you even realize. And number three, I would honestly say, which is like my like key thing that I tell everyone is create a habit of having balanced meals every single day. If you can't do all three meals balanced, at least you have one or two balanced every day. Start your morning with a 
beautiful balanced meal. Include carbohydrates, include your protein, include your fats, include fiber if you can, antioxidants if, if you can. Have as much nutrients, have those nutrient-dense meals that are just a variety of everything. Diverse in color, have that, start your day off right, breakfast, lunch, and if you can, also dinner. And that's like the key to success. Putting high quality fuel into your body will help you get the best results that you can ever imagine. Yeah, I love that you're all about the food. I've got to say in my practice, like I'm definitely more rooted in supplements, but like it, it's like such a cop out, like food, food is really the way to do it. So yeah, I love that. I'm going to ask you, we're going to do a quick wildfire before I let you go and then you'll tell us where everyone can find you. But I'm just going to ask you a couple of really quick questions and then, and just like answer as quickly as possible. All right. Okay. Let's go for it. All right. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown. Car or bike? Car. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Wine or beer? Wine, 100%. Hang out with kids or old folks? With kids. I love babies. <laughs> Classic mom. like <laughs> Salad or sandwich? Ooh. Uh, a, pro- a well-made salad, I would say, that includes everything. Not just lettuce. Growth or security? Security. Money or love? Love. Apathy or obsession? Uh, obsession, I guess. Success or happiness? Happiness. Hero or anti-hero? Hero. Regret or doubt? Doubt. Pause time or rewind it? Pause time. Passion or stability? Passion. Logic or emotion? Logic. Reality shows or documentaries? Ooh, I'm a sucker for reality shows. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So much. Okay, last one. Lose sleep or skip a meal? Lose sleep. I'm a foodie. We got to eat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. For everybody listening, you guys have to add Ambriana on Instagram. Like literally every time I see her meals, I'm like, how are they so beautiful? Like everything you do is so beautiful. So I'm a foodie. I love food. (laughs) I'm (laughs) cooking every single day all the time. (laughs) I love that. Can you just tell us where to find you? And if I have clients who want to work with you, is there, where, where can we do that? Yes. So I'm the most active on Instagram. So my Instagram is Ambriana Sharif health underscore health. And you can also find more information about me on my website, www.ambriannashreephealth.com. There's going to be a lot of things happening in the new, in the near future with my business and how I communicate with my community. So I'm very excited for you guys to check them out and to stay up to date with me. Thank you so much for having me, Jordana. Oh my gosh. No, it was my pleasure. I love chatting. I, I will know. put We have the best chats. <laughs> I know. I know. I wish we could do this. This is the second time we're recording this because we had technical yeah. <laughs> So Maybe there'll be a third sometime in our future, but yeah. put all of those links in the show notes for you guys. And yeah, just thanks so much for coming. I hope you guys have an awesome day. 